Cat Disgusted is a show about veterinary nursing. It is not a show about how to cure your sick pet. If your animal is sick, take it to the vet. Don't be a crazy person and use a podcast to cure your puking cat, dog, chinchilla, etc., etc. I think they would tell you the same thing. If they could. Which they can't. Which makes it hard. You know what's up. Take them to the vet. Greetings, ladies and gentlemen. It's time for the best of times and the worst of times in veterinary nursing. What the hell are we doing? Well, it's Chihuahua snapping feral cats flailing all while working with the baddest bitches in the business. I'm your host, Nicole Dickerson, RBT, and this is how our week went. Hi! Oh my goodness, it's been forever since I've done one of these, and I've missed it so, haven't you? Um, so where have I been since, uh, since, since last we met, uh, I, I've been in, uh, in Portland, Portland was for fun. Uh, but I also went to Texas. Uh, I just came back from Texas on, uh, on Sunday. And that was because I was at the International Veterinary Emergency and Critical Care Symposium. So I figured I'd talk a little bit about what that is and why I went. So it's a, it's a convention that's for, it's a symposium that's for uh, both doctors and for technicians. This year it was in Grapevine, Texas, which is a big bonus for me because that's really close to Dallas where my brother and my nephews are. Um, what you do is you go there and you learn a bunch of new stuff. Uh, so I went to a bunch of different lectures there. Uh, there's workshops that they have there. They have like wet labs where you can like, you know, learn new catheter techniques or just techniques of things that you don't know how to do. Like central lines is kind of the first thing that comes to mind for me. Cause I really want to learn how to do that. So I tend to like go to things that talk about that. Um, I thought I would leave, read you some of the, uh, some of the lectures that I went to. So you kind of have an idea about what we're doing. Uh, so let's see. So I went to, uh, coagulopathy of trauma, uh, which is about like dogs that are hit by cars and they develop this, this inability to clot their blood properly just from the trauma, uh, fungal diseases of an ICU patient. That one made me a little creeped out. Not going to lie. Uh, stabilizing an avian patient stabilizing a reptile patient where she had slides of like placing a jugular catheter in a turtle because that's what I'm going to do on my Friday night at midnight. Uh, I went to uh, management of bite wounds. Dude, by far had the best slides of any lecture. Like the bite wound, like the gross out factor was like turned up to 11 on the bite wounds lecture. Uh, I went to a couple anesthesia lectures. I really like anesthesia. Um, the, I think that the, the, like the surprise contender for my favorite lecture was one called deadly Australia, which was this one that was hosted by these guys, these veterinarians that were from, uh, one was from Perth, I think, and one was from Brisbane. And they talked about how everything in Australia wants to kill you and how they have to, uh, they've adapted 
ways that they treat humans, you know, an anti-venom for the snakes, all that to veterinary medicine. And so they uh, talked a lot about, about the, the paralysis tick, which I didn't even know was a thing. Um, they ventilate more cats and dogs in that air in, in Australia than anywhere else in the world because of all of the toxicity cases they get, the envenomation cases that they get from the paralysis tick and also from snake bites. Now, I've been at my hospital for two years and we've never, they just got a, a, a mechanical ventilator, which they keep at one of the other locations from where I'm at. Um, they keep, so I'm, I'm on this, uh, I'm on a team that's called the ventilator team. So we learned a lot about the mechanical ventilation and we learned a lot about the nursing care that it takes for a ventilated patient, but uh, we haven't had one yet. <laughs> um, even though we've had this machine. So, you know, two years, no ventilated patients. This hospital in Australia, in the uh, in the southeast part of Australia, that's they average ventilating about sixty patients a year. So it kind of gives you an idea about how many they're doing uh, in comparison to the rest of the world. And they, you know, they did it like with very little. And then they got this new doctor and he has all these new, like better techniques of ventilating patients. They had much better outcomes. And so now they go around to these these symposiums and they talk about. Um, all the crazy things that want to kill you in Australia. So uh, I really love that lecture. So, you know, the other thing they give you is a ton of free crap, right? You go to this exposition hall and they've got like hats with the xylazine, hats that are made by the company that makes xylazine, which is a, a anesthetic for large animals. They've got, you know, pencil sharpeners made by pharmaceutical companies. Uh, my nephew's uh, parting words, oh, I stayed with my brother during this time because I could drive from their house to the, to the convention. You know, my nephew's parting words as I leave the house in the morning is come back with more stuff <laughs> okay I'm on it uh so that's that's where I was that's where I was for five days was doing that totally cool totally learned a bunch of stuff um I really enjoy meeting the people there not just the Australians but also these technicians that have been doing this job for like you know 20 odd years and they just know so much stuff and I just love talking to those people about the different ways that they do things, different tips and tricks of the trade, you know, little things to make your life easier, aspirations for you to have for like who you want to be when you grow up. Um, so I find that the convention is, it's inspiring. It's very, very cool. So, um, that's where I was. That's where I've been. Um, I figured today, you know, what we'll do, there's a couple like stories in this, you know, since, since we've spoken, there's been like a couple of uh, things that have happened in the last month or two. And I figure I'll just kind of like tell a couple stories from, uh, you know, from the last couple months and catch y'all up on what's been, on what's been going on. So the first, the first one that I, the, the first thing that I, that I want to mention is that, uh, it's been busy. <laughs> like it, we, we had a kind of a slow run for a while and uh, now it's picked up again. You know, the summer is always a little bit busier. But one uh, one busy night in particular, we had a little visitor to our emergency room that I thought was worth a, a tale worth sharing with you all. So on this busy night, uh, there's a lot of people in the lobby. Uh, there's a there there's uh, you know patients are still coming in the door as well as the ones that are there that we have to do treatments on and get hospitalized or get you know or get uh, outpatient care done with and sent out the door. But there's still there, there's a bunch of people in the lobby. So we got a page that something else was here I don't even remember what it was it was like a dog that had been vomiting I think is what it was and so I went up there 
um, picked up the clipboard off the desk. Uh, the front desk will prepare us a little clipboard with the dog's name and like some, the owner's information. And then we go talk to the people. I'll be like, Hey, tell me what's been going on. So I grab that clipboard. I go to talk to the woman about her vomiting dog. And I, we're really just like a couple questions in, you know, like we usually like to ask, you know, when did it start? Has there been any diarrhea? You know, how old is your dog? That kind of thing. I'm like, a couple questions in and then this other owner leaps off the bench and goes like, oh my God, a rat just ran in the hospital. And I'm like, what? And I did see like, as I was talking to this woman who had the vomiting dog, I did see like the door opened again. I'm like, oh great, more people, right? But there was like an another person who came in the door. So this dude saw something run in the front door when that door opened. So I was like, oh, oh, sir, what? And I look and sure enough, there is a little brown potato that's like scurrying down the edge of the front desk. And the chick who had the vomiting dog, like she turns and she's all, oh, and the dog looks and it's like, Burr. so this little, this little fuzzy thing just ran down the end of the desk. I immediately said, oh, be right back. Going to go grab a net, which we do have. So for real bad cats, we have nets. Um, so my thought was immediately was, oh, my God, I got to get a net and get it out of here because it was not running out of the hospital. It was running further into the hospital. So I ran back into the treatment area. Um, didn't even really say much to anybody who was back there because everybody was really busy and everybody's got an animal in their hands. And so I was like, uh, be right back. Going to just do a thing and then I'll be back. So uh while I was getting the net, uh, our front desk uh, person for the night, Tracy, she managed to ferry this little thing into an exam room. And so she she came and met me like halfway as I've got this net in my hand. She was like, ooh, I got it into exam room six. So I think you can get it from there. I'm like, okay, awesome. So I go into that room. Now, <laughs> unfortunately, like the person who saw this little creature run in the front door, like still really wanted to be helpful. And I I get it. Like, I'm glad that they wanted to be like helpful and all, but it was also a bit of a scene as you can imagine that like, everyone's like, Ooh, it's a rat in the hospital. And so I was like, can you close the door? So he came in one door through the lobby and I came in the other door through the hallway. And all of a sudden we got two open doors with this freaking creature underneath the computer. And I'm like, Hey sir, why don't you go ahead and let me handle it? You can pop out the other door. And he's like, Ooh, look at him. I'll see him right there. I'm like, yes, sir. Yes, sir. Go ahead and close that door behind you. So he, as he's closing the door, I close my door behind me. I put the net right near this little creature, which I can now see is not really a rat. Like it's smaller and rounder. Hence that like, it looked like a little furry potato running down the edge of the desk. I literally like put the net next to it and it went boing, 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 and it like hopped around and hopped in the net. And I just like closed the net and it was in. And then it stayed still. And I got a good look at it and it had no tail had these little brown, fuzzy little cheeks, little, little stipply little whiskers, not real long whiskers. I think that thing was a gopher. So I was like, oh my God, look at him. And like the dude who was still in the room, he's all, well, will you look at that? I'm like, okay, sir, show's over. Go in the lobby with your, you know, diarrhea cat or whatever. So my first instinct, I have to say, when I got a good look at this little guy, was to immediately to like run in the back and show everybody. Like that's immediately what I wanted to do. I was like, oh my God, I can't wait to show everybody this guy. But then I was like, wait, 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 pause. Think about this for a second. 
running through the hospital with a wild animal in a net on a busy Friday night is probably not the best idea. (laughs) And I was trying to think of like, you know, what if I like tripped and fell and the net opened and this gopher like ran into one of the ORs or whatever. Like, how would I explain? And I hurt myself. I mean, how would I explain that on the like accident report form, right? It would be like, uh... How could this accident have been prevented? Hmm. Perhaps not running through the hospital with a wild animal. So what I did upon reflection, um, I decided not to show all my friends. I walked down the hallway to this little side door we have by the parking lot, opened it up and kind of opened the net and let him scurry out into the bushes. And out he went. There he goes into the bushes. And then he was gone. So I didn't see, you know, we, we didn't go out, we didn't go out that door for a while. So we were, you know, we didn't want to go like open up the door on that side because we want to run back in. Uh, but we didn't have any further problems. And of course everybody was joking at the end of the night, like, you know, he probably had an emergency. What if he was nauseous? What if he had diarrhea? The poor gopher, he was trying to run into the ER for help, but we just netted him and tossed him outside. I was like, well, he was running pretty quick and bouncing around pretty pretty healthily. I'm going to go ahead and say that he felt okay. But I don't know why he ran in there. It was, re- it was really weird. He literally just shot in the front door. Um, and actually, the next day, Tracy said she saw him again because she comes in around five o'clock in the afternoon. She actually said she saw him again in the bushes where I dropped him off. So there may have been something not quite right with that guy, right? Because it's not normal for like gophers to run into buildings. But in any case, we returned him to nature safe and sound, and resumed our emergency services. Now, speaking of a scene, so another story that comes to mind when you think of like chaotic situation uh, is one that was a a dog bite, uh, dog bite wounds that we saw recently. Now, we see lots of dog bite wounds and especially in the summer. Like I feel like in the summer, everyone is out in the world. There's like lots of people at dog parks, lots of dogs running around off off leash. You just see a lot of dog fights. And so, um, this one was different though. This, this one was two dogs that lived in the same house together. Now, not that we don't see that because we do, like we actually see frequently, Um, more often than you would think, we see dogs that attack each other within the house. Now it's usually a situation where the dog is either new, like one of the dogs is newer in the house, maybe like a young dog and an older dog. Um, a lot of times it's food aggression and like, you know, there's like a, a pet sitter who doesn't know to separate the dogs or they just had a bad day. We see that too. Uh, in this particular case, these two dogs had that had come to the ER, they had attacked each other in the house. And they were old housemates. Like they were both like five, six years old. They'd always lived together. They're just two mutts, you know. There wasn't like a particular breed that you could associate with with a predisposition for this to happen. You know, I feel like, you know, that's hard to do anyway. But, you know, I feel like they, they were just, you know, they were housemate dogs. It was cool. But what the, was weird was the situation they were in. So they were in situation in the house, which was above and beyond crazy. So the neighbor is actually who brought these dogs in. Now the neighbor came with the dogs because the wife of, so it was a husband and wife who owned these two dogs. Wife was with husband in the human ER because apparently what had happened was the two dogs were hanging out with husband in the garage. Um, This dude was working on something in the garage that involved large cutting things, large spinning cutting things, probably like a circular saw. Um, He was in the garage. 
doing his thing with this tool and he cut his finger off. Like one minute you're working, then there's blood everywhere. So he cut the finger off, like it was off. Like the wife took the husband and the finger to the ER. So what happened was, cuts his finger off, I'm sure bleeding, screaming, wife comes in, also screaming, I'm sure. The poor dogs, they were in the vicinity when this happened and they immediately attacked each other. <laughs> so then dogs are growling, <laughs> snarling. So I'm sure that it was quite the scene. So luckily, I think it was the wife who went and got the neighbor to be like, so here's the story. I have to take my husband to the ER with his finger that they can hopefully reattach. Um, would you mind taking our dogs to the ER? Because they just attacked each other and tried to rip each other's faces off. So luckily, these two dogs, though, um, their wounds were not serious. Like they had a couple little abrasions, like kind of around their chest, definitely on their face. They had a couple little nicks on their face, but nothing that we had to like anesthetize them for. We just clipped the areas and cleaned them very much like the treat and street scenario, we like to say. Um, gave them some antibiotics. They left together like wagging their tails, like everything was cool. But while they were in the hospital, we kept them separate because we were just a little wary of them, like, you know, being in the same place at the same time. But, you know, those circumstances, they totally reacted to that energy of the environment. Like they, 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 the humans were losing their minds the dogs lost their minds. So uh, hopefully that dude was okay. You know, it's funny, in a working emergency, it's very much like they're kind of like one like one trick ponies. Like you see people, I mean, you definitely do have repeat offenders, um, but a lot of times, you know, you see these people once and then they're like off, off they go, off into the great beyond. And so I can only hope that the dude was able to reattach that finger. The dogs came out okay. Like they didn't hurt each other too badly, but we'll never know about the finger. All right, everybody, it's time once again to honor the fabulous veterinary technicians that I work with on a daily basis. Uh, ladies and gentlemen, I present you the Venipuncture of the Week. Hardworking! The star of the show! Mr. Beaver here! Hardworking! The star of the show! Mr. Rose on the beach! Hardworking! The star of the show! Yeah, I love talking about the Venipuncture of the Week. So this Venipuncture of the Week's winner um, easily goes to my buddy Kim Larson. Now, I think I've talked about my, my buddy Kim on the show before. Um, she's been doing this job for a very long time, and she's excellent, and she's funny, and I just love working with her. We share a couple days of our week together. Um, I think she's on every other week now. And I just, I enjoy every minute. It's just, we have a good time. We see some crazy stuff because we work on some weekend days. So we're always entertained. Um, she's got a lot of experience doing a lot of different stuff. So I just feel like I learn something new every time we're together. And we, and she also does lots of cool things like possum rescue. Who does possum rescue? She does. Um, and, uh, I, I felt it was high time that she, that she get one of the Venipuncture of the Week awards, since I feel like multiple times in our experience together, we're doing difficult Venipuncture. So this time in particular, 
There was a, one of the oldest kitties that I've ever met came into the ER. It was a little, tiny, fuzzy, uh, torty thing. And uh, she was having seizures. That's why we were seeing her. Now, she came in two days in a row. Um, the cat was 21 years old. 21. Like, that's that's old. Like, I feel like we routinely see, you know, 16 to 18-year-old kitties. That's that's not unusual. But 21, that's, that's very impressive. Um, the oldest cat I've ever met was 22 uh, at my old job. And uh, that one was actually at 22 he was older than our youngest technician who was 21. So I thought that was interesting. Um, this kitty that, uh, that we saw most recently that I saw with Cam, uh, she came in the, the first day that she came in was because she had had a seizure. Um, and then the owners, they weren't ready to put her down yet. They wanted to take her home and see how she did. Well, she continued to have these seizures at home. And, you know, my, my big thing when I'm talking to owners about, you know, is it time? When do we know? You know, it's like if you're if your pet stops being itself, you know, like if they no longer are able to like live their kitty lives, like they want to live their kitty lives, that's when you have to start considering if it's worth if you're keeping them here on this earth for you or for them. Um, in her case, she apparently was walking around the house. She didn't really know where she was. She was not using the litter box anymore. It just, it, and that wasn't who she was. So the owners decided to bring her back in the next night for us to humanely euthanize her. And of course they wanted to be present because, you know, they'd had her for 21 years. And so, um, they wanted to be there for when she passed. And so this kitty, despite her, not being totally mentally appropriate. Um, and she was a fuzzy little like squishy faced, uh, kind of like dark tortoiseshell thing. She was mean. Now, no surprise here. I feel like the mean ones, they live forever. So of course, this little fuzzy torty thing, she wasn't going to go out without a fight. So when she was there the first time, I remember they took x-rays on her. Oh man, you could hear her all the way across the hospital, 21 years of fury, just going in that extra going in that x-ray room when they did it the first time now we have to get an IV catheter in this 21 year old little teeny and she's tiny tiny little thing um so that the you know so we can euthanize her so uh she so so I held her um and then uh my buddy Kim was going to be the one to place the catheter and so of course you know she she looked in when she came to us, she just did not look good. She was what we call laterally recumbent, which means she's just laying there on her side, not doing anything. Well, nothing brought out the fire in her as much as getting a vet tech's hands on her. Because as soon as I touched her, she's like, rawr, rawr, rawr. and she didn't have a whole lot of teeth. And I think she was declawed, but even so, like there's pointy parts in there somewhere. So, oh God. So we had to be careful. Um, so as, as gently as I could, I had to, what, what I did is I kind of put a little towel over her face so she didn't see us. So hopefully she wouldn't see us coming and be too freaked out. Um, and she had this tiny little leg that I point towards my friend Kim and we're both like, you know, saying silent prayers in our heads. Like, oh man, I hope this is like, you know, 21 year old cat veins might not be so fun, but here we go. So Swift and with confidence, right? That's how you deal with the, with the bad kitties. So swift and with confidence, get the kitty, towel over her head. She's going to make some noise. That's fine. Hold out the leg. Uh, Kim shaved her leg and then popped a 20-gauge catheter in that cat. First stick. Boop. 
totally good. And I got to tell you, I mean, like I was kind of focused on her more than I was looking at the vein. But uh, seriously, there wasn't a lot that I saw. And Kim just popped it in there. It wasn't, it was a little bit like I put it in and we got a flash and then it was like, hmm, I'm not bleeding anymore. Let me try it. She did kind of have to play with it a little, but boom, totally good. Oh, Oh my God. Okay. Pause. I just have to say, remember how I said that Kim does possum rescue? I shit you not. There is a possum outside the door right now. It was like it knew. It came like a moth to the flame when I'm talking about her. The possum was like, where is she? Oh my God. Look at him. Always a good size one. So we have a water bowl out for our auxiliary cat, little outdoor kitty, and the possums like to drink out of it. And it just came up. It's still out there. Hi. Oh, he's a pretty good size one, actually. Yeah. Okay. So he's just going to hang out there while I talk about Kim, which is totally appropriate. So anyway, moral of the story is um, she popped a, a fairly large bore catheter in this itty bitty 21 year old cat leg without much fanfare. Kitty didn't have to get all wound up and pissed. We didn't have to stick her multiple times. It made it really nice for the owners because they were able to be with her for as long as they could uh, before she passed. And I, I feel like it was the it was the swiftest, fastest, most humane way that we could have done all that um, with this poor little old kitty. I hope we honored her well, little old 21-year-old kitty. Oh, and the possum just departed, just like that. Perfect timing. Well, thank you guys so much for listening to Cat Disgusted. Um, hopefully we've survived with all of our fingers intact. Um, I'm going to try to do an episode uh, fairly soon, actually, like maybe next week, uh, so we can catch up a little bit on where we've been. Um, there's a stupid breed uh, that I'm really excited to talk about, which is coming up. I don't know if y'all seen the, stra- the, the strawberry video that I put up on the Cat Disgusted page, but totally inspired me to talk about that breed. So look up for that. Um, I know I've been talking about my friend Melanie Boyle coming back to the show. I know for sure that that's going to happen sometime soon, and that logo's in the works. So thank you guys for keeping in touch. Um, We'll see you next time. And remember, please, even though the summer is now ended, I know you're still out there and there's still fun in the sun, but don't come and see me at work. Bye, everybody. Put your hand on your way.